Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Hello, this is Dr. Susan with Occupy Health. We've had many experts tell us how important our diet is and how important our lifestyle choices are and how harmful toxins can be. So let's go a little more into what we need to do to be healthy. So with us, we have the honor of having Dr. Bernd Freelander. He is a doctorate of chiropractic degree from the Los Angeles College of Chiropractic. He's been involved in developing nutritional therapies since 1982. As a result of his therapeutic formulas, he pioneered the research on the use of free-form amino acids for improving athletic performance as a safe alternative to steroids. During his career, he worked with many sports teams. He did nutritional work and was an injury consultant for the athletic members of track teams at UCLA, UC Berkeley, Stanford, and many professional track and field athletes from all over the United States. He worked with professional players from the Los Angeles Rams, the Los Angeles Raiders, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the San Diego Chargers. In 1984, he served as a chiropractic and nutritional consultant for numerous members of the U.S. Olympic track and field team and the U.S. Olympic crew team. He developed a number of proprietary nutritional formulas uh, designed to maintain and promote health and longevity. So welcome, Bern. Glad to have you Thank on. You. Thank you, Susan, for having me on. It's a pleasure, like always, to talk to you. Pleasure's all mine. So, so let's get started. What is healthy aging? Well, you know, uh, today healthy aging is really looking at of quality of life as you get older. You know, you're not going to increase lifespan by dramatic yet. Uh, we're not there yet, but we're getting close. But what we can do is we can live a very happy quality of life all the way to 90 to 100 without all these degenerative diseases of aging, such as arthritis, Parkinson's, MS, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. So we know how to sort of manipulate our health if we do it correctly through dietary goals, through nutrition, through exercise, meditation, lifestyle, positive attitude. All these are very important factors in prolonging quality of life and life extension. And we now know certain uh, nutritional factors can extend lifespan by 20 to 40%. We know that certain proteins can do that, certain vitamins can do that, and we're looking always at what are the mechanisms that are achieving these types of results, such as the mitochondria, which is the organelle that provides the energy to every cell, so every cell has the energy to continue performing and replicating correctly without aging. Wow. So how do we do this? 
How do we do this? Well, we start by looking at simple factors, okay? Um, we know now that uh, we have to look at maintaining certain things. One of the things I did was I studied caloric restriction diet when I was at UCLA with Roy Walford, and I understood what caloric restriction diet does. It lowers the oxidative stress in our cells, in our mitochondria, okay? And instead of doing it through caloric restriction, we can now do it through uh, proper dietary goals and eliminating certain um, fats and proteins that will achieve the same results as caloric restriction diets. So when I say that, go ahead. Well, let me just uh, comment. Caloric restriction uh, for our audience is where we reduce our calorie intake, and it's supposed to promote longevity through certain genes, saturin genes, whatever. And there's been many ways to do this. Some people fast. Some people, they don't eat between, you know, uh, like 7 in the evening till uh, 12, 16 hours later. And this is supposed to promote longevity. And oxidative stress is uh, one of the culprits, along with inflammation, it causes a lot of our diseases. Oxidative stress, when we've got too many electrons going in the wrong place, and they're just kind of burning up everything in sight. And that's why we take antioxidants. Just wanted to clarify. Yeah. Okay. No, and, and, and it's true that if you uh, do intermittent fasting for about 12 hours, you do increase what's called the autophagy phase, which is the recycling phase of eliminating uh, misfolding protein, damaged proteins that are due to oxidative stress, to, you know, other factors in the environment, in our diet, and et cetera, uh, where we contribute these kind of... Uh, stresses to our cells. Now, caloric restriction diet is a stressor. It is a promoting a stressor. So it does turn on a lot of these stress genes, uh, good and bad. But in the human world, we're not really ready for that because there isn't enough evidence to show that humans, we can extend the lifespan by caloric restriction diet. But we know now by ideally eliminating certain foods like polyunsaturated oils, which I think is the major contributing factor to aging, to misfolding proteins, to glycation, to um, uh, DNA damage, RNA damage. And ever since the discovery of vegetable oils, that created all our problems. And we need to um, look at these polyunsaturated oils and maintain that we do not consume these oils because they're very highly unstable. They cause lipid oxidation in, in our blood and our cells. And by eliminating polyunsaturated oils, that could be one of the greatest factors in promoting longevity and avoiding many age diseases. So let and me see if I can I'm, understand. So caloric restriction, uh, recently worshipped as a great help in our health, you're saying it creates a lot of stress genes and does a lot of bad things and it's not the optimal way. But you're also saying that you can achieve the same effects by avoiding all these bad oils, the vegetable oils like corn oil, saffron oil, etc., that seem to coincide with the onset of many chronic diseases. Is that correct? Absolutely, 100% correct, because 
we're trying to avoid these uh, misfolding uh, types of protein damages, senescence, which are normal cells that uh, contribute to aging because of its natural program it has, and time itself. When you give enough time, if you're going to live 60, 70, 80, 90 years, time itself creates problems, you know, it, it creates uh, damages, it creates diseases. So we can now look at manipulating some of these uh, cells by taking certain nutrients and avoiding other nutrients like polyunsaturated oils and reducing the inflammatory proteins like tryptophan, methionine, and cysteine, which also have been contributing to uh, uh, by lowering these amino acids, we can extend lifespan in animals by 23 to 40%. And the reason is some of these amino acids are inflammatory in nature, and they also cause uh, reactive oxygen species, ROS, in the mitochondria. And so by avoiding these ROS uh, proteins, then we also can extend lifespan and quality of life, just like caloric restriction diet without restricting your diet. The problem with restricting too much of your diet is that your libido goes down. So you're, you're giving, a, uh, giving up something like libido and hormonal function and, 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 and other, you know, great factors of life that gives us pleasures in, in, in our own life. You're going to give some of that up by removing some of the protein and, and types of, uh, you know, foods that we now limit ourselves. We know so that. What- so what else are we giving up other than our libido? What other hormonal things are we giving up with a caloric restriction diet? Well, we can also give up uh, the importance of special hormones that are very important, progesterone, testosterone. These things tend to go down as we, uh, uh, you know, limit our caloric restriction, you know. And so it's important that we have some of these hormones because vitality and energy and libido is the is what uh, humans survive on for uh, ages, for, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. And we're, we can't afford to give that up, you know. Um, we can uh, be productive all of our, in our lives forever if we do it correctly, and we can be reproducing as well and, and, and have kids to our 60s and 70s and 80s, uh, as some cultures do. Okay. So, so you say to restrict certain prote- amino acids or proteins. Which uh, amino acids or proteins should we consider restricting? Well, the number one is methionine. Methionine has shown to have the greatest uh, longevity uh, benefits because methionine is also part of the mTOR pathways, part of the, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it can contribute to oxidative stress in the mitochondria when you have, when you consume too much methionine amino acids. Like whey protein is very high in methionine. And methionine is a sulfur amino acid. We need sulfur amino acids, but in a limited amount. Uh, Richard Miller, Lopez, and uh, Gusterson, and many others have shown that by uh, reducing methionine in our diet, we actually reduce oxidative stress to the mitochondria we we reduce the amount of stress to the thyroid gland, and we also reduce the amount of stress to the uh, protein molecules 
that are necessary for messengers like the RNA and DNA, which are called, uh, you know, these are misfolding uh, proteins. Every time you send a message to a cell, the cell opens up the library of the RNA, reads it, and then there's a program there that it advises what the cell to do. And this is controlled by these messengers, and it's, and, but consuming certain oxidative material like polyunsaturated oil, tryptophan methionine, they can contribute to these misfolding damages. So by lowering these amounts of amino acids, we're reducing inflammatory amino acids. Um, by lowering MMP9, other metalloprotease enzymes, which are part of the uh, a cascade of inflammatory mechanisms that go in arthritis and cardiovascular disease and all that. We don't give it up, but we just lower it. And that's why foods like gelatinous foods that are called collagen foods, which is what I worked in the 80s with the Olympics, designing uh, 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 Knox gelatin and other collagen foods, we promoted these uh, good amino acids like glycine and proline and, and lysine, which are more of a promoting longevity kind of amino acids that were part of the creation of life. Uh, the spinal cord was derived from collagen. It's the, called the norticord. So the first foundation of the spinal cord gave rise to the nerves and neurons and blood vessels that uh, all living things use now to communicate and use in their function. And that was okay. developed by collo- collagenous foods. Let's that, get back uh, to collagen in a little bit, but can you tell me what foods you find tryptophan? I think tryptophan is in turkey and maybe things like milk. Or What foods do we yeah, find tryptophan, find methionine, it, and cysteine in? Yeah, you're going to find in, in a lot of the whey protein products, like uh, Greek yogurt has less amount of tryptophan methionine because the way the, they, uh, they break the uh, protein down. And um, lean proteins like breast, the chicken breast, thighs, um, I mean, more of the breast, the leaner the meat, the more tryptophan methionine you're going to find. The fattier the, the beef is, like from the, uh, uh, from the bones, from the, uh, uh, like oxtail or lamb shank or chicken wings, you're going to find least amounts of tryptophan methionine and cysteine in these foods. So it's going back to where... You know, you find more of the uh, gelatinous types of foods that are found in animals. And you're going to find it in, like, the wings. And, uh, and, and there's less in thighs. The darker the meat is, the better it is for you. Okay. So, so avoiding we, uh, lean meat. Avoiding lean meats is what I'm saying. So it's okay as long as it's grass-fed to eat the fat. It's good for us. Absolutely. The fat helps absorption of, uh, of the minerals and vitamins and proteins of the meat anyway. So fat is very essential in, um, in delivery mechanisms. Okay. Well, we're coming close to a break now, so uh, we'll be back uh, right after this announcement. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We all have challenges each and every day. How do you relax and live in a calm state? 
On Chaos to Calm, we introduce you to the concept of Renshui, a path to feeling calmer and happier. Listen Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. We'd love to hear from you about today's show. Send your email to Dr. Susan at OccupyHealth.com. That's Dr. Susan at OccupyHealth.com. Now, back to this week's program. Okay, we're back with Vern Freelander, who certainly knows a lot about nutrition. He was telling us that tryptophan, methionine, and cysteine are amino acids we need to avoid. So we can avoid them by not eating lean meats, but by eating fatty meats as long as they're grass-fed. He was also telling us that unsaturated fats is a great contributor to disease because it's no coincidence that all our diseases seem to go rampant when these oils are introduced. And these include corn oil, saffron oil, and canola oil. Now, I believe these unsaturated fats, you lose elasticity in your arteries, your skin begins to age, and it damages your DNA and mitochondria. So, Bern, what are some of the good fats we can eat? Well, the good fats are definitely the butters and the cream in certain amounts. Uh, We need them. Uh, MCT oil and coconut oil and olive oils are really considered to be your better fats, okay? Uh, palm oil is starting to get a good, uh, in, uh, you know, wrap because of tocotrienols, which are very essential in a lot, uh, uh, as a vitamin E for cardiovascular health and for cancer. Um, avoiding basically, uh, those fats are very good for you. The butter, the cream, the olive oil, the MCT, the coconut oil, um, they seem to be more of a saturated, monosaturated fats which are more contributing to brain health, to energy production, and also to hormones and uh, myelin sheet and all that. And, you know, buttermilk is very good, too, because it also promotes the, uh, the good fats found in, in milk, which contribute to myelin sheet repair. So uh, I look at that as very important as well. So... Nature has the good fats. We just need to go back there and use it. You know, the eggs are excellent sources of protein, but also very high and rich in phospholipids and choline and lecithin and all these molecules that are essential for good cholesterol. 
And the good cholesterols are developed from these types of fats, where the polyunsaturated oils contribute to the high LDLs and triglycerides, and, and they lower the good high-density lipo fats called HDL. Yeah, as you recall, uh, audience, if you listen to Mark Houston's uh, uh, interview, he was saying that the risk factor for cardiovascular disease is the number and the size of the very small LDL particles and the endothelial dysfunction. And as Byrne's saying, the HDLs are the good guys. So it sounds like these good fats are certainly put us in the right direction to prevent cardiovascular disease. Exactly. Also, another uh, thing about omega-3s, we have to be very careful with omega-3s because these are long-chain carbon fatty acids, and their exposure to to oxidative damage is very susceptible in the blood. And the reason is, uh, think about this. Uh, We're we're exposing ourselves to omega-3s from fish. Now, fish are cold-blooded animals, and humans are not. Humans are warm-temperature animals. So we're taking a cold-blooded uh, oil and putting it into a, uh, our 98.78 temperature. We're de- therefore contributing to oxidative damage. So I always tell people, do not take oils from, from omega-3s at all. Eat them from wow. the food because the food is very protective. The albium of the protein protects the fish and the oil from the rancidity. But once you expose the oil and separate it, it becomes highly unstable and is very culprit to oxygen and and iron oxidation. So you're saying that uh, omega-3, if it's in a pill, it becomes rancid, over-oxidized, and will cause all sorts of oxidative stress, which is one of the pathways toward diseases. Be right. In, in chemistry, lipid chemistry, you go back, you see that all these uh, oils were protective. They were in a protective mechanism, so they weren't exposed to nature like that until we isolated these oils and removed them from the seed or from the fish. Now we became more susceptible to oxidative damage. Okay, another question. Uh, uh, eggs are really good, but do the chickens need to be grass-fed? No, the chickens are not. Uh, what happens is you're better off getting free-range pasture-raised eggs. When we talk about free-range means and pasture means they're out in the open. They eat natural bacterial foliage, everything from the ground. And they're fed very little alfalfa in most cases or some, some grain, but very little. But predominantly their, their lifestyle is out in nature and eating from the foliage. And that's a good way of getting your eggs. And that's called free-range pasture-raised. Now, for the dairy products, the cream and the butter, what if you're lactose intolerant? Um, usually from butter, you're not going to be lactose intolerant. You're going to be more in the uh, more so from milk products. And um, there's a uh, bacteria called lactobacillus GG. It's a, a probiotics. And this lactobacillus GG can be consumed by individuals who have dairy problems because it lowers the inflammatory conditions of the dairy, such as the lactose, and it makes it more consumable, the, uh, the, uh, the cheese or the milk product. So taking a lactobacillus GG seems to help with people with tolerance to uh, milk products, lactose, or anything like that. 
but butter and cream is very little of that because it's mostly good source of vitamin E and vitamin A in the butter and, and cream. So that is where uh, you're going to see more of the value coming from that. And there's very little of, of any lactose in that area. It's more found in the protein of the sugar of the milk. Okay, another question. You talk about gelatinous project products, which kind of gets us to collagen. Now, I understand collagen is very good for our hair, our skin, our nails, our joints. And I understand that this is something that you know quite a bit about. So tell us I, about how collagen fits into our health. Well, I got involved in collagen back in 78, 79, 80, when I was asked to work for the Olympic team to design and develop the 80, 84, and 80. Eight Olympics, and I wanted something of a protein mechanism for my athletes rather than steroids. I wanted an alternative approach to amino acids. So I looked at amino acids and collagen based on Knox Gelatin's research and Linus Pauling's research with vitamin C and lysine and proline and discovered that it is a precursor to collagen. And then when I went and identified what molecules created life, like the, uh, the spinal cord, uh, the bone, the, uh, uh, the bone density. In athletes, I needed to improve bone density. So I came across and I looked at gelatinous foods like gelatin, and I looked at developing for the, uh, a, a form of hydrolyzed collagen with the lowest molecular peptide, and I've been working with that since the 1984 with athletes since then. And I find that by contributing 40 to 100 grams of collagen a day, I was able to repair cartilage, bone, ligaments, tendons, joint, all types of injuries that occur in athletic performance from the high stress of athletes at a high pace level that they train at. They need to recover. So when I started including that with my regimen, I noticed that they are recovering faster. I also added other components too, like vitamin D, vitamin K, calcium, magnesium, zinc, B6, and other nutrients to help accelerate the, the function of what collagen can do. So, now, yeah. I, the, the places you're mentioning, like the tendons and the joints, don't get much blood supply. Does that mean the collagen readily gets to all parts of the body? Collagen is the only thing that actually helps with tendons and ligaments. It's the only food that actually helps with that and promotes that kind of uh, support and repair mechanism. Uh, there is no other protein out there or other nutrients that have that component and benefits. And collagen is easily uh, delivered, at, especially at the uh, lower molecular weight that I use, we are able to immediately, within five minutes of intake, it's already absorbed in the blood by 94% of the body. So wow. it gets in there very quickly. And I've learned how to achieve those kind of results by adding certain things to the collagen. So oh, okay, is, does it matter if it's beef collagen or chicken collagen? No, I prefer beef collagen much better because chicken collagen... Here's the reason I, I, I work with all kinds of collagen, from beef to chicken to pork to uh, fish. Uh, chicken cartilage is, uh, uh, first of all, I look at pasture-raised, predominantly grass-fed collagen from bovine. That's where I get 99% of, of my products from, okay? Chicken cartilage is not 100% natural. They use corn and soy to feed the chicken. 
and they're not naturally raised out there in nature. They don't, uh, they don't wander pasture-raised kind of chickens. They don't use that. So it is control in cages. So you're not getting the quality of the collagen you want from, from something that is pasture-raised, that is naturally uh, raised in the foliage of nature and where the animal eats from the ground rather than fed from grains and, and soy and corn. So chicken is uh, not my favorite, but it's the most popular thing out there because of NeoCell and all that. But the results are not achieved the same as bovine collagen that I noticed when you use 30 to 40 grams a day. You will see results that are profound. Up is that why bone grams. broth is so healing, uh, like the Western Price we, diet with bone broth? Is that, is that yeah. one of the advantages of bone broth? It goes back to colloidus, uh, yeah, gelatinous foods. Back in the 1900s, Pottinger, all of them were using uh, uh, bone broth, and, and many cultures have been doing this forever, you know, uh, uh, consuming bone broth and chicken broth. Anything from the cartilage, any part of the cartilage works really well, and it does promote uh, minerals and collagen as well. And... Uh, Going back to 1887, there were two doctors in England and France that were reversing diabetes by using bone broth soup and high uh, uh, glycogen foods such as honey, and they were able to reverse uh, diabetes in all their cases. That's incredible. Yeah. Now, does so, can you use collagen topically and put it on the skin and then help the skin? No, no. You don't need to. We found that if uh, we did studies back in France and Japan in the, in the 90s and early 2000 by consuming collagen orally, this, uh, it repairs the elasticity and reduces the fine lines and wrinkles of the skin by wow. just consuming it internally. Uh, collagen topically is not ideal because it's a very high molecular weight and, and it does help a little bit, but ideally, if you take it orally, you're going to get greater results because of the elasticity and, and reduction of fine lines um, were achieved just by oral uh, use. And it'll help with a rotator cuff injury as well? Yes, but you would have to take, like I said, in, uh, enough collagen to do it. People don't take enough collagen to get the results. Athletes that I work with, professional and Olympic and all that, I had to use 50 to 100 grams of collagen. It's extremely high, but it does work. It is very, very powerful. Uh, and does it heal collagen. the gut as well? Does it help heal the gut and reduce inflammation? Yes. It helps with the lining of the endothelial lining of the gut, and, and that is predominantly uh, the the coating the coating is all collagen the lining of the arteries is all collagen the Teflon um, um, that is uh, found in the suppleness of the arteries and and the skin is all controlled by collagen so it can make our arteries uh, less stiff and more sup uh, more compliant yes it does it actually uh, provides more flexibility and a Teflon kind of uh, smoothness, allowing for oxygen blood flow to be improved dramatically through the arteries and the veins. So can reduce arthrosclerosis? Yes, yes. Um, can and it help make stem cells? 
Uh, it is. We use um, a collagen with a lot of doctors today who are in the stem cell arena, like Dr. Avi Herskowitz, an MD in San Francisco. He promotes my collagen to his patients prior, before they do stem cells and during the stem cells because we found from doctors who are using our collagen that they can double the stem cell production much faster. Can you define what stem cell is just for our audience? Stem cells are cells that, you know, are uh, always constantly being replaced. For instance, uh, every cell in our body is constantly programmed with a new cell, and those new cells are replacing the old cells. As long as we replace the old cells and get rid of the old cells, stem cells are naturally being produced all the time. It's, it's a mechanism of regeneration that our body makes on a daily basis. So here's the big thing. Uh, stem cells, as we're young, we are more adoptable to making stem cells much quicker and faster because of the way the cells are uh, are are producing. And as we get older, these cells that need to be replaced do not want to die. They, they just don't want to uh, give up their, you know, their life in our body. They want to be there, but they have no function, no mechanism. They're damaged. Their DNA is damaged. So they have no, um, you know, production um, functions other than replacing dead tissue there and, and, and maintaining themselves and not allowing for new tissue to develop. So what we have to do is we have to find a way to remove these tissues, these cells that are, da- uh, that are damaged or dying, and we have to create aptosis, which is called senescence. We've got to inhibit the senescence and get rid of it, and, re- and by doing that, then the body then repairs itself with new stem cells. Cancer okay, we're cells coming to all- a break, and so right yeah. after the break, we're going to learn how we can increase the autophagy so we can get rid of the old guys so the new ones can come in and give us better cells. Uh, uh, we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We all have challenges each and every day. How do you relax and live in a calm state? On Chaos to Calm, we introduce you to the concept of Renshui, a path to feeling calmer and happier. Listen Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. We'd love to hear from you about today's show. Send your email to Dr. Susan at OccupyHealth.com. That's Dr. Susan at OccupyHealth.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, right before the break, uh, Dr. Friedlander was telling us that it's very important to get rid of the old cells that are dysfunctional and damaged so that our stem cells can create new ones to take their place and continue with the body's functions. So is there anything particular we can do to help with uh, getting rid of the old uh, useless guys, which is called autophagy, I believe? Yep. Uh, Autophagy is where uh, our body naturally recycles the damaged cells, the junk cells, before they accumulate and cause DNA damage or mitochondria damage or brain damage or neurological disorders. So our body is able to do that, and that's where intermittent fasting comes in. If you fast like 12 hours and then you perform some simple exercises like uh, core exercise, strength exercises, five minutes of intense uh, aerobic exercise, you achieve what's called autophagy, and you, you remove the uh, damaged cells, and they're recycled for energy by the, uh, by the body to be utilized for energy for our performances. And another way is we found that certain, uh, uh, by eliminating polyunsaturated oils, by eliminating tryptophan, methine, cysteine, we also increase uh, autophagy mechanisms too. And mushrooms are also known to help with autophagy. The trehalose is a molecule found in mushrooms that contribute to autophagy mechanism. And so does, you know, positive attitude and and also sleeping. Uh, We need to uh, have quality of sleep, deep sleep. We need to get at least eight hours of sleep a day. That helps with uh, autophagy as well because while we're sleeping, our body's regenerating brand new cells. And as long as we sleep deeply, we get in REM state, we're building new stem cells. So senescents are damaged cells that need to die. So we either uh, do this with exercise, but not over-exercising, intermittent fasting, eating the right proteins, eating the right fruits and vegetables, and cutting down on polyunsaturated oils, and alcohol and things like that. And quercetin is, an, uh, is a nutrient that comes from the citrus family, and we're finding that a lot of the citrus families, are uh, flavonoids, are contributing to uh, longevity factors such as senescence by removing the senescent cells and, or preventing the senescent cells from uh, developing. So we're looking at quercetin and... We're looking at different flavonoids now that may help with these factors. And we're also looking at alpha-tocotrienols. The tocotrienols families seem to have a very profound effect on helping uh, with senescent cells to uh, inhibit their damage. 
And, and so what happens if we don't get rid of the senescent cells? Uh, arthritis, MS, Parkinson's, cancer, diabetes, everything is developed because of that. Because Are there any medications have- that interfere with getting rid of the damaged cells? No, uh, there is a lot of medication that in the drug industry, they're now looking at, at um, uh, uh, drugs to uh, help promote uh, the removal of these cells now. And some of these are now looking at cancer drugs that are uh, inhibitors of senescent cells. Um, they, um, they're looking at these type of drugs to uh, inhibit cancer cells and promote apoptosis, meaning that the, the uh, damaged uh, cell goes into self-death, just like the program should be working. See, on a good cell, the program is working. When the cell is damaged, it, it knows how to stop itself and go into self-death. So you were talking the, uh, about that we need to eat the right fruits and vegetables. What are the wrong fruits and vegetables? No, any, you know, uh, fruits in general, tropical fruits are excellent, you know, like mangoes, papayas, any of these tropical fruits, the higher the, the sugar level of a fruit, the, high, the, the better the fruit is. And they contain a lot of minerals. So you want a very, um, you, you like high fruits, um, you know, like um, uh, grapes and uh, all your berries are excellent. Uh, mangoes, tropical fruit, uh, fruits are excellent sources of nutrients. You know, um, you know, the uh, citrus families are all excellent for different flavonoids that are very essential for uh, inhibiting senescent cells and other areas like that. So having a good source of fruits every day that is, you know, in season it, are very good for you. So how many speakers have told us that we need to eat well, sleep well, reduce stress, be mindful, and exercise? Um, the theme keeps repeating itself. Now, Byrne, you are also working with Methylene Blue. How does that assist in healing? Well, Methylene Blue is a very interesting compound. I've read a lot about it way back 10, 15 years ago. I looked at it because it was looking uh, very – I was looking for something to raise complex for in the mitochondria, the cytochrome oxidase enzyme, anytime you can increase NAD levels in the body and you can increase cytochrome oxidase complex four, you're increasing energy to every single cell. And, and disease and aging is now a contributing factor that mitochondria dysfunction, uh, low energy production, um, uh, not enough oxidation of glucose in our cells uh, to maintain energy function in the, in the mitochondria. So methylene blue is one of those things that helps to promote NAD function as well as uh, complex four. And it also reduces nitric oxide. And one of the big factors that people don't understand, nitric oxide is very important in low, very extreme low levels, but not in high levels. Okay, um, we're now seeing that nitric oxide can contribute to cancer growth, to angiogenesis. You know, Judah Falkman said that um, uh, nitric oxide promotes blood vessels to grow in cancer cells. 
Yeah, I think there's the INOS pathway that's pretty bad. Now, you're talking about NAD as being a good thing that promotes longevity. I understand it reduces cardiovascular disease and reduces the risk for dementia. I also understand that you can find it in high altitudes and that polyunsaturated oils makes it worse. And that doesn't baking soda help promote this NAD as well? Baking soda helps with CO2, carbon dioxide, which is the byproduct of NAD molecule function. If you have sufficient NAD uh, plus, you have uh, a lot of CO2 developed as a byproduct. In cancer cells, they're deficient in NAD. They're more in the, in the reduced state, you know, the NADH state. And therefore, it, the pyruvic uh, mechanism is damaged, so it doesn't, promo- uh, doesn't produce CO2. It promotes lactate, lactic acid. And lactic acid is the contributing factor of cancer cells' energy metabolism. And you want to get rid of lactic acid, and B1, B3, and B6, and biotin helps, and so does CO2 from baking soda. And so does it also from, like, mineral waters like uh, Pellegrino, things like that. Natural carbonated water is very good in, in increasing CO2 levels as well. Well, can you also do that by breathing into a bag or certain breathing techniques? Yes. There are, there are CO2 breathings where I tell people to breathe in four seconds in, hold it for four seconds, and explode it out through the mouth like you're pushing all the air all at once out. And you do that, it helps with CO2. Inhale to a... Uh, a bag uh, helps with um, also increasing CO2 and reducing lactic acid. So there's a very important balance between CO2, which is actually important for us, and the NAD, which is extremely important to help fuel our mitochondria, which are the power cells that make ATP, which is the energy that runs our whole body. Is that correct? Yes. Well, basically they're finding that all disease today and aging factors is contribute to the um, oxidation reduction factors. So if the NAD levels versus the NADH levels are off, meaning we're born with a very high level of 500 to 1 NAD to NADH, okay? As we get older and we get sick and we contribute to all these damages that are occurring in life through environmental factors, through stresses, through uh, polyunsaturated oils, through the wrong proteins, then the NAD levels uh, go from 500 down to 300 to 200 to 1. And as we get lower to that point, then our body goes into an ox- uh, oxidative stress level and, and uh, the electrons are not available to make energy anymore. And so our body is stuck in this NADH level, which is the reduced level, which cancer cells survives dramatically on that, uh, on that level. So everything else like stem cells cannot be turned on anymore because they don't, there's not enough electron, not enough oxidation of glucose, not enough NAD+. We don't have the material to create energy anymore and to uh, make new cells like stem cells, which are required a lot of NAD+. So what nutrients would you suggest so to, or, or lifestyle activities to get our NAD levels high? 
I like, I do, uh, I think taking a thyroid medication is very important because the thyroid is a contributing factor to, to NAD+. It, it controls, uh, it is like hand-in-hand hand with the mitochondria, the thyroid. So it, I, I personally like a, uh, uh, to get a prescription from a medical doctor or someone like yourself and get uh, a natural thyroid, the RLC or Arma thyroid or West Pure thyroid. Then I take methylene blue every morning. I've been doing that for years now. And uh, to raise my um, uh, complex four and to lower nitric oxide in my body. And then I take 1,000 milligrams uh, several times of niacinamide, B3. Not that it rush. I don't want any niacin in my body. I don't want a rush back, uh, any rush uh, flushing mechanism. I want just niacinamide. Um, then the B1s, B2s, B3s, B6 are very important also as coenzyme factors. Quercetin and, alpha to, uh, and some of the uh, vitamin E family and the tocotrienols, they all contribute to uh, increasing you know, uh, NAD levels and CoQ10. And vitamin K is very important because the quinone families are very important in NAD function. The vitamin K families are very similar to CoQ10. They're all part of the quinone families. So you want to be uh, strong with that. And vitamin D, I would say. And then calcium, magnesium, and zinc on a daily basis is very important for maintaining um, bone density and, and strength of ligaments and tendons. And also the gut. The gut is, needs a lot of calcium in order to repair itself. And if you don't have enough calcium in your diet or you don't take it orally, it can contribute to gut inflammation and leaky gut syndrome. And eating a carrot, raw carrot, every day has the greatest protection against endotoxins in our gut and uh, protecting against leaky gut syndrome. So carrots Can you probably peel the carrot of, or do you have to eat the carrot whole? No, it has to be non it has to be the whole carrot. It's the whole carrot that is so important. You cannot peel it because then you lose the function of binding the endotoxins to in the gut. Okay. So, and then another thing people don't do is they don't take enough salt a day. They need to at least have 70% sodium chloride. Uh, because salt contributes to the stability of the gut and also the production of hydrochloric acid and pepsin. And why is people having so many problems with digestion? It's because they're not producing hydrochloric acid and, and pepsin anymore. And sodium is the key manufacturer of hydrochloric acid and pepsin. So sodium is very important. A teaspoon at least twice a day of uh, sodium chloride is very important to maintain and stabilize the gut and the production of enzymes. Oh, I agree with that because a lot of people with GERD, which is reflux disease, actually have yeah. too little stomach acids in the wrong place. So what do we doctors do? Let's give them an antacid to make their stomach acid lower. means they can't digest their food. They can't turn on their pancreatic enzymes. Their upper flap won't closes readily, so we just kind of compound it. So it's very important to take sodium chloride so we get our HCL, hydrochloric acid, in our stomach up to a good level. So we've got a couple of minutes left, Bern. Would you like to summarize uh, some particular points yeah. or continue on lifestyle and tell people how to get a hold of you? All right. Well, 
thinking about who we are, what we are. We're 92 elements. Think about that. We're 92 elements found in nature. Uh, ideally, in, in, uh, came from, uh, from salt water. And these 92 elements are the basic foundation for all living systems. And the oxidation reduction factors that give us the uh, energy to make ourselves function and to prevent aging and disease is a basic foundation of what the NAD plus is and what the mitochondria does. So maintaining optimum health is basically look back into chemistry of cells. Understand who we are, what the cell is, how it works. The environment of the cell is how everything works. Every disease is based on the environment that the cell is in and how we maintain it by the proper diet, nutrition, salt water, mineral waters, things like that can contribute to better lifestyle and longevity. And, you know, having a positive attitude is so important. You know, uh, avoiding uh, stress and negativity is much better. And getting sunlight. People don't get enough natural lighting. We live in an environment that is destroying us with the cell phone, the Wi-Fi, the computer, <laughs> and, and losing natural lighting is a major contributing factor to aging and diseases. These are stressful things that our body are not used to. So get back to outdoor, at least go outside every single day and get at least 15 to 20 minutes of sunlight. In the last 30 day. seconds, can you tell folks how to get a hold of you? Yes. Um, my email address is very simple. D-R-B. So it's David Robert Boy, period, Freelander, F-R-I-E-D-L-A-N-D-E-R, number 1010 at com. So it's D-R-B, period, Freelander, F-R-I-E-D-L-A-N-D-E-R, 10 at com, And the phone number is 650 And they can go on my website called drburnfreelander.com. So it's drburnfreelander.com, B-E-R-N-D, freelander.com. Bernd, as always, I really love your genius. I thank you so much for sharing it with our audience, and I think you're the tops. So that's all, thank folks. You. So go out and do your own research, study for yourself so you can help yourself and others, consult with medical experts, and be well. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week.